Hey y'all, hey, welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences as three Black women on this amazing journey of living our best life, trying to support each other as we figure out this ghetto world of adulting. I am joined by my amazing co-host, Nay and Sunny D. Hey honeys, I'm Nay, your virtual homegirl who thoughts on almost any and everything. Also, full-time parent, and sometimes you may hear my little one in the background of this podcast. Lo siento, I am sorry. To me, adulting is a game of whack-a-mole. Once you think you have one thing conquered, something else pops right up. Hey everyone, it's Sunny D. And to me, adulting is choosing to be your best self while that laundry piles up and the dogs chew on your good shoes. Yo, this is your girl, Nakai, and I'm your host of Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I randomly burst out in song, Love Ice, and think adulting is a beautiful storm of I get to do what I want to do mixed with what the hell did I sign up for? Thanks for joining us. Now let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome back to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver entertaining, educational, and some inspirational thoughts and comments all about adulting. Happy Ash Day and get you a drink for National Margarita Day. (laughs) I hope you had a great President's Day off and enjoyed the day. You know, we start out every single episode with a quote, and today's quote is, how I grew to believe Black hair has power, genius, and magic in it, defining gravity and limitation. I mean, look at it. How marvelous is it? Black hair grows up and out. And this is by Michaela Angela Davis. I like this quote. I think there's so much to our Black hair that can't be explained other than the words that are used in this quote because of how it's designed and purposefully how it's designed. So yeah, I mean, this is, it's God giving greatness upon our heads. Amen. It reminds me of a... Instagram reel, TikTok, something that I saw. And it was saying how like black hair doesn't grow down. It grows up and out to touch the heavens. Just the magnificent that is black hair. I agree. I really love this quote too, because of what y'all said. And I think of like, our hair is so versatile. It does so much. And it really defines all of us. Like when you think of us as a culture, we're so different, but we defy gravity. We defy anything that comes against us. Like we are freaking amazing people. And so I love that. So kudos, Michaela, Angela Davis. So it's February, cold, chilly, and the cozy type of weather. So ladies, be stranded in the middle of nowhere in a cabin for a week with someone who gets on your nerves and won't stop talking or be stranded with a group of friends y'all having fun and the toilet doesn't work. I have questions. So in this be stranded with a group of friends situation, how long are you stranded? A week. I will take that for 9,000, Alex. I am a parent. So, and I am a human who poops sometimes in public places. So I carry a packet of wipes with me. Now my friends might have issues, but your girl gonna be okay. So I could go either way with this. However, comma, I do thoroughly enjoy the luxury of indoor plumbing and functioning indoor plumbing. It's not to say that I've never peed on a tree because I've absolutely have. I've been camping. However, comma, I think I need a toilet. So I will gladly stay in a cabin with someone that gets on my nerves because 
space. I'll have my own space and only work in the toilet. And I'm totally fine with that. For me, I would have to do the person who gets on my nerves for a week. And then I will definitely be counting down because I need a toilet. I will literally be counting down the days, maybe the minutes to the hours of like, okay. Or I may be going hiking a lot. I may be out and about and trying to avoid this person. But I need a toilet because just, I don't even like camping because campings don't have a toilet. Like unless it's glamping. So y'all just gonna make me seem like the resident dirty booty on the podcast. Acting like y'all ain't never been late teens, early 20s going out drunk and, you know, might have squatted and pulled the penis to the side or down. That, that's what we're going to act like. We're going to act brand new in our 30s. Like we ain't lived that life. All right. Sunny D admitted that she peed on a tree. I've I peed outside. outside. I've peed in public places. I just prefer indoor plumbing. That's all. And with the side eye. What did y'all, what did y'all do this week? What did playtime look like for y'all this week? So the hubby and I have decided that our pups are old enough where we think we can start teaching them tricks. So if you're familiar with like three card Monty, where they put a card under one cup and they spin it around, you have to guess which one it is. So we did that with the puppies, but with dog food. And we tried to have them guess which cup the dog food was under. And I I don't know, we did this for probably like an hour and it was the most fun thing and it was so funny because all they did was just sniff around and then skip over me to go to where the actual big bag of dog food was and I'm like that defeats the purpose supposed to to follow the the cups so we're still working on commands but we had a good time playing with them I feel like most moments of my life are quote-unquote considered playtime be at work, be it at home with a preschooler. But one of the instances that I most vividly remember this week about playtime was my child was supposed to be sick at school. I had to pick him up early. He was being a pitiful child. But walking out of his daycare, me and him both were humming the Adams Family song and alternating different parts while he is giggling and laughing. And I'm like, this is what y'all made me get off of work and pick him up for. Okay. I just say, I just want to say, I think that, that was so cute. <laughs> I know that was really cute. For me, playtime looked like taking three or four walks this week and like really just being in nature, talking to God, walking and like on my walk, listening to different songs. As y'all heard in a previous episode, my playlist is very different. And so like one of the songs is like the Beyonce song. And I feel like when you hear a Beyonce song, depending on what that is, like she just gets you in like this, hey, I'm that girl type of mood, you know? And so like I'm walking and I'm like trying to do a model walk as I'm walking and it's just like <laughs> I'm not gonna be like this model walk as I'm walking like yes I'm that girl and I see these cars like looking like what is she doing but I was in my own world so I was like that's how I had fun that visual is so on brand for you thinking you really straight and doing a model walk and then strangers are like what's wrong with this girl is she okay but in your head you are getting it and don't hip and everything girl so I'm excited for this episode because it's something that as black women we all have on our heads we go through every day we have to answer these microaggressive slash racist questions regarding our hair why is your hair is long today oh my gosh it's short oh my gosh is that your hair oh my gosh your hair can do this so I want to talk to y'all about this um specifically because I just watched y'all so audience I just finished this series on Hulu called Hair Tales and I thought it was such an amazing series so if y'all ever um get a chance if y'all have Hulu or y'all on somebody else's Hulu account go watch it 
But for y'all, Sunny B and Nay, in two words, finish the sentence. Black hair is the blueprint. Okay. I agree with that. Like the word play too. As y'all can hear, this is really hard for me. Black hair is a tragic blessing. Y'all already know I ain't gonna let her escape with saying something like that. Elaborate. I mean, it's tragic because all of the mental hijinks you have to do if you are part of a kinkier, coilier sect of the Black hair population to not only love your hair, but embrace it and come to terms with it. But it is a blessing based on some of the characteristics we did describe, like the versatility, like the empowerment that comes when you do embrace your hair. Like you do, as we stated, or y'all stated on a previous episode, you kind of unlock a level of confidence that coincides with your relationship most times with your hair. So it's tragic that we have to have all of this learning and all of this effort to embrace it. But it is a blessing because can't nobody do our hair like us and can't nobody do hair like us. How many other cultures can you know that can take some kinky, cottony mess and make it something that is praised from all cultures. I love that you said that because I think and I feel that is so true. Like we are truly the only culture that has or that can do so many things with our hair. And literally we can change our hair every single day of the year and not repeat a hairstyle, (laughs) which is so cool if we really think about it. Um, To me, when I think of black hair and I finished that sentence, um, black hair is my expression, meaning how I express myself and how one day I want to be the Afrocentric. You may get this huge lion mane or the next day it may be in a whole entire scarf and it may be wrapped because I don't want to deal with it or you don't get to see my hair that day. It could be really gorgeous. And I just don't want you to see these curls popping. So I love that. But I also love how you talked about the trauma of our hair and the pain of our hair, but it's also beauty. Did y'all ever growing up, you know, because we're all about adulting. So when y'all were growing up, did was your hair technically, or did your parents ever feel make you feel like your hair was bad? I think I never was explicitly told that, that my hair was bad. In fact, my mom has always praised me for having thick hair and thicker hair than she. However, I was not under any delusion that my hair was easy to maintain. And when you are younger, sometimes it's hard to separate the two. It's hard to separate. Your hair takes a lot of maintenance. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of time (laughs) to do, but it's still good. It's still gorgeous because we only look at the negative. And I say we as in me only looked at how much work it took another person because I was not in charge of my own hair. And I didn't have that relationship, quite honestly, with my hair. So no, I wasn't told that my hair was bad, but did I internalize it up until a certain age? Of course. Similarly, but different. I don't ever remember explicitly being told that it was rough or it was bad or if it was difficult or anything like that. But I do, similarly to Nay, remember my whole Saturdays are taken up by getting my hair done, Uh, whether it was my mom or whether it was my aunt or whether we went to like the local beauty shop or the beauty school or whatever. Like, but that was just, that was what we, like, that was the norm. I didn't, and I wasn't even the only one. My friends were doing the same thing. So it wasn't uncommon 
for hairstyles or or getting our hair done to be like a long drawn out process like that was just part of growing up you know what I mean and I also had like, I I can't remember when the first time I got a relaxer, but I absolutely remember having, you know, like getting a perm and getting a relaxer as part of that process on some of those Saturdays. And I don't recall recognizing what my actual like natural state of my hair was. I know what new growth was, but like my natural hair in its entirety, I don't think I, I don't remember that. I don't believe because I'd had my hair like relaxed for a good portion of my childhood. So I didn't really have that type of relationship with my hair until I got older, but it taking a long time. That was just, that was, that was a Saturday. That was normal. I find that interesting that um, you both said that when I was growing up, my family, so it was very interesting how they categorized my hair. It was, I had the good hair because it was thick. It was long. It was luscious. Like when it wash, it goes, it can do anything. It's so um, manageable is what they would say, right? Because, and I say manageable with their definition because their manageable is that, oh, you can do so many styles and it's thick. And as we know, black hair, all black women want thick, beautiful hair, right? And the weird, the funny thing is my um, older sister, her hair was very thin. It was like, it wasn't the thickness. And so her hair was like considered, quote unquote, not the good hair, which I think is very interesting. But as I'm growing up talking about like when I first got my first perm or relaxer, technically it's called relax. But when I first got my first relaxer, I hated it. I was like, this shit burn. Who would do this? Why do I have to do this? But again, we're young. So we don't have, you only have a voice to a certain extent with your black mama. And it's like, no, I'm not doing your hair because it's take too much to do. So I'm gonna let somebody else do it. But I remember those Saturdays taking up my whole entire Saturday, be there at the beauty shop at eight o'clock in the morning, quote unquote, because your appointment is at eight thirty. but I'm not leaving till like almost five or six, seven, eight o'clock. This is a full-time job getting my hair done. I hated those days. Like I hated getting my hair done when I was younger because of that time. And I think about like what you said, Sunny D about like not even knowing your true curl pattern pattern because since you remember you've all your hair has always been relaxed and I think of like I remember the first person that told me my hair was quote-unquote nappy was a beautician and she was like oh this is so nappy it's so I can't manage it and I'm like my mama and my grandma do so (laughs) why can't you we pay you to do this right and so I think it's interesting of like even that word nappy and manageable and how that has a huge impact on us yeah and talking about seeing your natural curl pattern when you remove it from being in a relaxer let's also not fail to mention that sometimes you don't even know your correct hair pattern when you're a quote-unquote natural because you're not using the best products for your specific hair type I did not know that my hair actually has curls (laughs) like my hair will curl up because I wasn't using the right products. I didn't have the right technique. And it wasn't until I got into my big late 20s, early 30s before I even knew that. And I had already been natural for almost a decade. What does that process look like of you finding all your products? Because I know... The amount of products you would like go try and be like, oh, let's try this one. Let's try this one. But for you emotionally, what did that look like? Rejection, despair. 
<laughs> what is that song from that Disney movie? Just a lot of frustration, a lot of my viewpoint of wasted money, a lot of shout out to the Pandarosa because I watched a lot of natural hair YouTubers. Sometimes I think that was in preparation for actually doing my son's hair, but I digress. But just trial and error and not understanding that yes, your hair plays a component, but let's get to science a little bit. Your hair, as soon as it grows out of your scalp, it's dead. So it's a lot of work on your scalp and everything and how to maintain your scalp, how to work with your scalp, your diet, how that plays attention to your hair and what it looks like and everything else. So just holistically understanding and as for the products, just a lot of trial and error and a lot of not giving up. And once you do hit that spark on what you think your hair should look like, it's actually motivation for continuing on that path and not getting um, what's that word for lack of a better word upset and discouraged when that product stops working or you can no longer find that product because let's be honest our black hair products they get sold and that formula changes so six months might not work the same I love that you said that because I think of like the one when I was when I used to live in Tennessee I used to do my own hair until I found like this weird person to do my hair but anyway um, so I was like YouTubing like home remedies like how how to do your hair, like how to condition your hair. And I know uh, Cardi B's conditioner went viral of like how she put mayonnaise and eggs and oil. And I was like, I used to do that. <laughs> but I remember specifically someone told me about avocados like get avocados blend them and put it all through your hair and while you were talking about how like when you're trying these products and I was trying to do all natural and I literally did this and I put avocados throughout my hair y'all I was livid with the results when I say livid I had avocado chunks in my hair for like three days I was <laughs> I was like, how, Sway? How? One, and so I literally was having to wash my hair for like three days to get this avocado, like the avocado chunks out. And I was like, it didn't even do anything. There was no difference. So because uh, your point, Nay, of being that frustration, right? Of like, well, someone else can manage my hair. Why can't I manage my own hair? Why can't I figure out how to really have this beautiful relationship with my own hair? I am no way, am not a um, molecular scientist nor chemist. However, I do feel like I have watched enough YouTube videos and read enough books to at least get my associates in it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my, my word of advice to you. Putting those whole ingredients like avocado, mayonnaise, egg, everything else, that is not penetrating your hair strand. The properties in that are too big to penetrate your hair strand. If you see any benefit, it is on the outer cortex of your hair strand. And that is only given an illusion. Do not think you going in your refrigerator and putting anything in your hair other than maybe some amino acid. Well, some of the liquid aminos, because those are aminos. Anything else ain't penetrating your hair. It ain't doing nothing but causing a fruit salad as they can, you know, vouch for in your hair and causing you to be mad and may actually be causing some bacteria to come upon your scalp. That's just my point my PSA. I agree. I, what is this? I am Nakai and I approve that message. <laughs> so 
as we are talking, have y'all, um, when y'all were little, did y'all family ever call y'all tenderheaded or quote unquote, do y'all even identify as being tenderheaded? I don't anymore. I definitely was called tenderheaded. I definitely was tenderheaded when I was younger, especially when I would get the relaxers and we're having to, cause my hair is really thick and my hair's always been thick and it's always been like really long and it's just, it's, it's a bitch to be tangled. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely been a, a struggle growing up. So I absolutely got popped in the forehead with the back of the brush for moving too much in the detangling process because it hurt. It was uncomfortable to sit there and be tugged on and, you know, pushed and pulled in all kinds of different directions. But these follicles grew strong and we are no longer tenderheaded. <laughs> So my question is, are we truly tenderheaded or do people not have the proper technique to do our hair? That, ladies and gentlemen, is the actual answer. Because no, we weren't using like detangling brushes like we have access to now. It was whatever comb or brush mama had in the bathroom. And that's what we did. It was either our brushes or a quote unquote white girl brush. Those were the only options back then. And so, yeah, you just pull in until it, until it comes apart in the manner which you need to, but let's be real. That wasn't the right technique and that wasn't helping. I agree with that. And thank you for asking that like follow-up question. Cause I'm like, I remember that little, small, little tiny comb, you know what I'm talking about? Like the really tiny one, like the rat tail comb or something. And you're combing my hair out with that bruh. And I think no shade to anybody, but I think like, and I remember this because my, um, Dallas for me, she was heavy handed. Like she would grip my hair and my head is like whiplash. I'm and hold your head still. Bitch, you are literally pulling me. How can I hold my hand still? Like, and you know, as a kid, we can't say that to an adult, especially, especially not no black. But I remember literally using a rat tail comb and she combing my hair out with that. And it was the most painful thing. So I do agree with that. Like they, they just didn't use the right tools and they didn't have the right technique. So thank you, Lord, for evolution. And let's also get on. Love my mama. Hey, hey, woman, hey. Can't call you girl because you still my mama and I remember my lesson from childhood, but I know you listened to the podcast. So hey, hey boo. Um, let's not forget when you did get your hair pressed and you would move and your parent would accidentally burn you and then low key, high key, a little bit key gaslight you into thinking it's your fault when I am a youngster and I literally feel the heat and the smoke on my scalp and anybody in their right mind would try to get away from that. Love you, mommy. All I heard was the sound that some you literally crying air when you said that and yeah we were ga- they gaslit us a lot yeah like don't move i see smoke i run you see smoke you stay Mm-mm. self-preservation as children is strong see you heard it and i smelt it immediately the smell of steam and hair and grease burning all up in your scalp like i'm flinching just thinking about it that was a Wow, that was a lot of torture. Why do we do that? Girl, let's use all our senses. The smell, the sight, the touch. You can feel heat, but you want my little seven-year-old self to sit still as a statue just because the person that I love and trust is inflicting this on me? I'm leaving boss. 
I'm trying to run. But the trauma of it, like that really is what it is. It's the trauma of it. It's the trauma of you got to be really pretty. You got to be very put together and you have to go through this to be presentable. And why, as I'm thinking about this, and I'm also thinking about um, Sheikah had an episode and she was like, she ended up cutting all her hair off because she just didn't know what to do. And I'm thinking of like, how many of us truly would really do a big chop and just cut it off just because we don't know how to manage our hair because we were never educated on how to really take proper care of our hair. Because I don't know about y'all, but I never, my family, um, no one in my family ever sat me down to explain how our hair is and like how beautiful our hair is and how like what that means and how we really have to take care of it. No one ever sat me down and explained that. But as I grew older, I had to learn it on my own. But I also think of like, that's just the trauma of it, right? Like the trauma of our hair follows us. I mean that and I'm gonna push back a little bit because when we first moved here, I had hair down my back and within maybe a month and a half, two months, I cut it all off to now I got a finger snap of hair just because of the ease. So there are people who will do a big chop and a full New York minute because they low-key lazy and don't feel like doing their hair, even if they know how to do their hair. And my mom is similar. She likes the short hair. She likes the ease of it, like Nay says, to be able to legitimately wash and go, if you will. And then in those moments where she wants, you know, a little, a little, some extra, she has a, a plethora of wigs that she can slap on her head and go to church, do whatever it is she needs to do around the world, and then come back home, take it off. And there's the ease. I have never done a big chop. I've been natural probably over a decade. I've never done a big chop. I did the little snippets little by little at a time to get rid of what was damaged and what was still relaxed. And that is solely rooted in the fact that the length of your hair is is perceived as valuable. It's perceived as like, quote unquote, the good hair. Like, and like I said earlier, I've always had long hair. When I was a kid, I just had long, thick hair because I'd gotten my hair done on a regular basis. My grandmother owned a beauty shop. So I grew up with, you know, beauticians in the family that knew how to take care of black hair. So I'd always had long hair. Although my mother got scissor happy one time trying to cut my dead ends. It was not that. Um, And it took a long time to grow all that back. But even still, when I quote unquote decided that I wasn't going to relax my hair anymore, I didn't be, I didn't do a big chop. I was like, okay, no way. I still like my length now because it's like past my shoulders. It's almost in the middle of my back. Like I still got to, you know, get my swing on, but I'm just going to transition slow into a natural lifestyle, but that's solely rooted in me wanting to hold on to my length. Yes, that's the beauty of not really having a length, being one of those Black girls who got relaxers all the time. And let's put a pin in this. Honestly, you're only supposed to get relaxers every three months because if you get it every four to six weeks, that's not enough new growth to actually just be on relaxed hair. So you're actually damaging your currently relaxed hair as well as your scalp because you're not giving it enough to actually only be on your relaxed hair. I digress. So, I was never part of the hair down my back relaxed club. I was part of the black girls who hair only quote unquote grew to a certain length and then stopped growing. So it's only since I've become natural that I've had hair down my back and everything. Although it doesn't look down my back because shrinkage is real. 
But yeah, I, I've never had that luxury of wanting to hang on to length because I ain't never had no length. I laugh because I think that's so funny, but so true of how like programmed we are to think of, oh, because the longer your hair is, the better you are. Meaning even if your hair is damaged, I know some people who have their, they never trim their ends and their hair is damaged, but they hold on because it's quote unquote long. And like, since it's quote unquote long, you have this damaged hair, but you don't want to cut it because society tells you equal long hair equals right but technically long hair is equal white and no joke like there's some black women out here that you will be like whoa your hair look like a wig or like weed but sis all mine right and to your point of like cutting I even think of like for myself like similar to both of y'all we all have really thick hair really really thick hair and so at one point I was getting tired of having to deal with all of my hair because I can't reach the back of my hair sometimes. So I literally chopped my whole entire back hair off. Like it's gone. <laughs> I have an undercut that most people don't even know I have an undercut because my hair is that thick and that long that my literally the back of my head is gone. Not gone, but it's cut. <laughs> but even if I do a twist out, a fro, any style I have, you will never know unless it's all the way up in the puff. And you better, you won't even know because most of the time I'm wearing scarves anyway. So you definitely don't even know. But I think about that that only because my stylist told me that she posted this picture of me like a year ago or whatever. And so somebody, a new client was on her page and was like, oh, I want that style. I want that style. And she called me and she was like, so I just need a bit. And I was like, what's up? She was like, this lady wants your hairstyle and I want to redo it. So I need you to come in and let me just redo something. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Is it free? You gonna, since you need this, do I have to pay? And she was like, nah, I got you. Cool. Do whatever you want to buy hair. I'm cool. But she was saying this lady wanted the hairstyle, but she was, she wanted me to come in with the lady at the same time to, so the lady can understand your hair is not like my hair. Like I have a lot of hair where it covers a lot of stuff, but her hair literally, and this is where to me comes in like great stylists when they know like, okay, this is alopecia. Like this isn't going, this hair that won't look right on you. But the lady got mad at her because she wants long hair. And she said, long hair is beautiful. Like she won't be beautiful until she gets long hair. And so me and my stylist was like going back and forth and talking about this. And I just think of like, kind of like what you said, Sunny D of like the length. You don't want to get rid of the length. You want, you want to keep the length. And I'm like, why do we want to keep something that someone else has told us that's beautiful? When technically, and I'm looking, so audience, these two beautiful black women that I'm looking at have beautiful hair, right? And shrinking it's just real like their hair in their natural state is short but you look at their curls their hair is not just curly it's beautiful it's healthy it's long it's luscious and if you touch their hair it's soft and curly it's like you like oh this is a pillow so and it's just like why do we prefer damage something damaged versus healthy so i have two answers one of them is the supportive answer of you know some of us don't have the self-confidence and you know we rely on society in our community's version of beauty and have not found the beauty within. My petty answer is some people just got ugly faces and they need that long hair in order to be cute. <laughs> Why well, I almost choke on ice. <laughs> I mean, there is truth to that phrase. Some people have only a face a mother could love. And that's fine because your mama love you. And hopefully you got a great inside. But some people need that society approved version of beauty because that face 
ain't ain't facing like you need to. I was just going to say it's conditioning. You're not wrong, but I was just going to say it's conditioning. Societal conditioning, European standards, all of the things that we all know, which is the reason why. And I will say with the caveat, like I said, I've been natural over a decade and my hair when in those moments where I decide to straighten it for whatever reason is right at like right at the top of my butt now. This is the longest my hair has ever been when I don't fuck it up like I used to. When you know how your hair is, when you know what your curl pattern is, when you know what your hair can do and you are, you know what the techniques to use, you have access to products that would help or remedies at home, like Nakai was saying that you could do for yourself, assuming you know what to do because science. Your hair is so much more as it comes out of your head than any, than any like idea that someone else can put upon you. Like you have no idea what your hair is capable of what you yourself are capable of in being able to maintain and style and take care of your hair when it's in its natural state. Like, and there's so much power in that. And I love that my hair is as long as it is and it's as strong as it is. It's as thick as it is. But now being in my mid thirties, like I'm well aware of the importance of a good trim and a good cut and like it's hair, it'll grow back when you know how to take care of it. So being able to like, like, I'm not afraid to go snip, snip, snip and cut off all the dead ends and make it nice and healthy. The length to me isn't valuable anymore as much as having my hair healthy as it sprouts from my crown. It took me a while to get there. Like I didn't even know about different uh, porosity levels until like four years ago. Mind you, I'm still in my thirties four years ago. Like a lot of this is still relatively new, but it takes a, like it took me a while to get there and that's fine. And it's fine if you want to wear your hair straight and it's fine if you want it natural and curly. It's fine if you want to relax it. That's your truth, not mine. Do what you want to do. Some people still relax, whatever. But once you understand your hair and as it is, and you understand you as you are, it's so much easier to make whatever decisions you want to make that have absolutely nothing to do with how someone else will perceive you. Sunny, I think you hit on something like really important and that is chasing health and not a specific aesthetic. I feel like too many times, like we've all kind of hit on in this episode, you take you chase, oh, it's gotta look long. Oh, it's gotta look this, that, and the third, but not really focusing on the health of your hair. Because let's be honest, healthy hair grows. I mean, all hair grows, you just breaking it off and it don't look like it's growing. But healthy hair is beautiful, no matter what kind of shape and length and everything else. So chasing health of hair and not aesthetic of hair, that'll do some people some good. So I remember when I was much younger, you know, you see the commercials about whatever hair care products, shampoos, conditioners, relaxers, whatever that came on. And I remember they always said something like for healthy looking hair or something like that. And I always thought, but don't you want the hair to be healthy as opposed to look healthy? Like, I I always recognized that there was never any language specifically directed to the actual literal health of hair, but always the perceived health of hair. It's shiny. It's pretty. It's straight. It does the curls that you want to. It looks in the manner that is acceptable to whoever white person said something is acceptable. And I found that wording to be very specific and very purposeful. And I never understood. I mean, I understood why it's all fake and they're trying to sell 
products because capitalism. But it just always rubbed me the wrong way. Why did I immediately think of the song, All My Niggas Look Rich as Fuck? Like, do y'all remember that song? All My Niggas Look Rich as Fuck? And I think about that because like what you said, the look rich or look healthy. And it's so much more than that. Like if we focus on, and Nay, you said this, if we really focus on your health, everything else just is a look not a luxury, but a byproduct of really healthy hair, healthy skin, healthy body, healthy intestines, healthy bowel movements, healthy teeth, healthy mouth. Like it literally is a byproduct of getting your health in order. And I think about that, but I also want to know, have y'all, I'm well, I'm asking this and I know y'all have, and if not, I really am side-eyeing you. Heard the Indie Irie song, I Am Not My Hair? Okay, they're shaking their heads. So audience, if you have not heard this because you're not a POC, and you're listening to this, you can go listen to India Irie. I am not my hair. She's on all streaming platforms. Um, but if you are a POC, specifically a black woman, I know you've heard this India Irie song, I am not my hair. What are y'all thoughts about that? Like when you heard that song, did y'all ever have like any feelings, any emotions when you first heard the song? I love the song because I can't remember when, I can't remember when it came out. I feel like maybe I was in high school or college or something. I don't remember, but it's been quite some time. But but I remember just thinking about like listening to it and especially the video, the video was beautiful and just seeing so many different types of black hair, like front and center on the screen and how cool it is that we can do so much with it. Definitely college. Thank you. I remember just being able to look and like see that we could do so much with it. And I remember I worked in retail during college as most of us do. I'd grown up getting my hair braided like every summer. I grew up in Texas is hot AF and who wants to have to do this because of humidity on a regular basis not my mama okay so braided up it goes so I'm used to having my hair braided and it was summertime I wanted to get it braided I don't want to have to deal with it I could throw it up in a bun or wear it down or whatever get dressed and go and I specifically remember my manager being like I don't know if I've ever told this on the pod but I remember him being so concerned with me getting my hair braided. And I was like, I mean, I didn't think nothing of it. I get my hair braided all the time. It's fine. It's cute or whatever. And he had had this image, mind you, he's not melanated. He had had this image in his head on what braided hair looked like and what that connotation was associated with or what that imagery was associated with. And he was like, he was so worried it wouldn't be professional or it would be ghetto without saying it would be ghetto um, because you can't say that at work apparently. And I I remember being like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? And I disregarded it and got it done anyway. And I came to work and he was like, oh, that looks good on you. And I'm like, what the fuck was this supposed to look like, sir? It's braided hair. Like, what's what? And I I think we had talked about it and he had had, I guess, this image of me getting it like corn rolled or something like that, where it gave him like prison vibes or something that I don't know where his mind was going with that. But I was like, yeah, I'm going to go get my hair braided. So that's what black women do. Sir, we get our hair braided. Do you want to comment? Okay, get out of my face. Yeah, you sparked something in my mind of like professional hair, right? Like going to... Y'all, Nate's like, Lord, hand in the air. And I think of like when someone says, oh, your hair needs to be professional or it needs to be clean. And I think luckily I have not, I have never been in this position where someone has a leadership, let me rephrase, leadership has never told me anything about my hair. However, I have worked with people <laughs> who have been like, oh, hmm, your hair, it's, it's not as professional as it should be. And my response is like, you're not my manager. 
if my manager say something about it, then me and my manager can have a conversation. But it goes to show like, have y'all ever been in a space or in an environment where they're like professional hair? And what does professional hair look like? So quick story time with Nay. I was in college and I went natural for the very first time in my adult life. Kid you not, on the phone with my daddy, who was born in the 60s. So, I mean, not born in the 60s, born in the 50s, like 51, kind of black man. So you already know where I'm going with this. Had the nerve to tell me, so are you going to like, how are you going to get a job? Are you going to straighten your hair to look more professional? Mind you, in college, I was a social work major, Pan-African Studies minor. So he picked the wrong person to say that too. But I'm like, what you mean? Be professional. My hair is professional. I'm gonna do it. Like, why does straight have to be professional? Why can't I be professional with the hair the guy gave me? You grew up in the 60s. If anybody should be celebrating a Black woman, you know, finding love, joy, peace, and security, confidence in their natural Black hair, it should be you, Mr. Black man who had an afro that almost touched the heavens and his shoulders. Like, make it make sense. Make it make sense. Yeah, it's just society and how they brainwash us, honestly. And it's it's sad. Like, we got to break out this matrix. And with every Everything we've talked about today, and I say this because part of Hair Tales, Oprah was talking to, it was part of where Oprah was talking about doing how she was an interviewer and a black lady came out and she was like, oh, do, do you want to take off your bonnet? And the lady's like, my house just burnt down. And she's like, I know, but just, just go take off your bonnet. Because Oprah knew how the world would perceive her in a bonnet versus in this lady's mind, she's like, I literally just lost everything. And you're worried about a fucking bonnet? Like, it's just so interesting to me about that. So what are y'all thoughts on bonnets and wearing them outside and, you know, besides being in the house? I usually, when I would commute to my job, I because let's be real, bonnets didn't stay on my head at night, ever. Not ever, okay? So I'd have to do my hair and then rewrap it <laughs> in the process of going to my job. So I would leave the house, my hair's wrapped up, and maybe I stop and get gas, or maybe I stop and get breakfast or whatever, and then I get to work and take it off. Unless I had a scarf that was like part of my style, which that really didn't happen until like a few years ago. But I never was really the type of person to like just be out in the world with my hair wrapped up and it's that voice not even that voice it's my mother's voice let me be specific my mother's voice in the back of my head that I can hear from four hours away and 250 miles where it's like she never left the house without her makeup on like go get the mail she put on a wig go get the mail and come like go outside and smoke a cigarette you got to put a wig on like that's how she grew up right that's the mentality that she had and those are mentalities and principles that were instilled in me so it's this little voice that's still in the back of my head that's like you gonna take that off when you go you gonna go in the house like you gonna go outside like that so I guess some kind of the don't care coalition because if I am at the airport you may get this bonnet but luckily for society your girl has discovered the satin like caps as well as scarves as well as beanies as well as on Amazon you can find the knockoff slaps which are satin line caps game changer game changer so while I am not in a bonnet do you see my natural hair no sir no ma'am is it protected yes living in the climate that I live in now which in the wintertime is extremely rainy extremely humid cold your girl is protecting them strands I have not worn my natural hair at work in the last two to three months so 
Do I judge other people for their bonnets? No. Have I found a more quote unquote socially acceptable way to wear something like a bonnet? Absolutely. Because I am not damaging my strands for nobody. Well, that you've done a lot of work on finding the right products to actually make sure your hair is healthy and protected too. So I want to say that, but I think of bonnets like, because I'm similar to you, I literally will go out and my hair is wrapped, my hair is wrapped. If it's in a bonnet, it's in a bonnet. But like I said earlier, I wear a lot of scarves too. And my hair is typically wrapped most of the time. But I think of like, even with being a natural and have a fro, right? And even if it's froed, it's really big and it's wrapped really pretty. It's still, you kind of get those looks. I don't know if y'all have ever got these looks, but like sometimes I get these looks of like, your hair is really big. Yeah, thanks. And it goes back for me of like, is it professional? Yes, because it's mine. It grew out of my hair. It's very pretty. It's very presentable to quote unquote white people, right? And it's like, well, how? why is white straight hair professional, but black hair isn't? So I love, love, love. Um, yes, like you said, and they looking like a dandelion. <laughs> yes, I really do. Um, my ex used to call me pineapple. Like, <laughs> like I just look like a really big pineapple. My hair did. Um, and I think of it as like, well, why is that favorable, but ours isn't? And it's really not fair, but I love, love, oh, that's what I was saying. I love the crown act and how and what that is doing for us as a society, but us as a as a black woman in embracing ourselves, our authentic selves, our true selves, and really being confident and free to post our natural hair on LinkedIn. And like, this is what you're getting when you come to me. Or like, even in hair tales, they were in a beauty shop. And one lady said for her first, when she got hired for the first full week, she literally switched her hair every single day. So she was like, look, I don't want no questions about this. This is what you're getting. So when you come see me in a different hair next three or four months, you are already know. And so it's weird how we have to prepare them for us. Does that make sense? That does make sense. And it's insane. And definitely be inspired by the crown act. I am going to, you know, get my hair twisted and maybe it's going to be an ombre and, 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 you know, starting my natural color and ombre into like a deep purple or something, or maybe I'm going to, you know, wear my pineapple with a scarf around it all loud and whatnot. And now you can see how long my actual hair is all the way down to my butt or whatever like I'm gonna do all the things and I dare you to ask me anything about my hair I dare you and I have this conversation with my best friend often because she will make these comments about how she's you know interviewing for a new job or getting ready to start a new job and she has to like you know straighten her hair or put in her clip-ins and I'm like for what they're gonna get whatever it is that you give them I mean if that's how you feel then that's how you feel put the clip-ins in live your life but don't do it because you think that's more professional or you want to avoid any sort of conflict I dare somebody to say something about me to me about my hair like I dare you and matter of fact I've done like certain quote-unquote maybe conversational type styles on purpose to see if anybody's gonna try me I wonder anybody no okay you're just gonna give me compliments cool and I'm fine with that but I really do be trying to test people when I work in an in-office setting either I'm scary and intimidating and I don't really realize it so they didn't try me or like nobody really cared because guess what doesn't matter nor does it affect 
how well I do my damn job. The best thing in the world for society at large is for my hair to be the texture that it is. Because if I was some little white girl named Becky Sue, oh, I would have all the My Little Pony colors in this hair. It'd be all kinds of purples, pinks, all kind of end tips, chunky highlights, everything. But because my hair does not act well with color that extreme, nor does like the texture or the deep, rich, dark colorness, that's why I am not. But oh, if, if Nay had the nice little simple straight hair and everything else, I would be the punkest of the punk, my little pony neon colored hair girl. So you're welcome society. So we were talking earlier when we were mentioned relaxers and I wondered if you guys saw this so last year there was like a thread on social media that came out about like old school relaxer commercials like just for me and all those other things right and then they were like I wonder where these where these girls are and then they started like popping up they're like oh we're here and like almost all of them are natural and come to find out the like the photo shoot that they did for the cover of the boxes they weren't even relaxed they just had their hairs prepped did you know that? Listen, when I tell you, I was so pissed because I was like, you mean to tell me that you didn't even partake in the destruction of the very thing that you were marketing and my hair and my scalp had to go through it because I wanted to be just like you. I was so mad. Good for you for being natural and living your best life now, but who do I need to talk to? Blame everybody mama. Blame everybody's mama. Blame they mama. Blame your mama. Because let's be honest, we all kids. We ain't had no saying nothing. So just talk to all the mamas. Line them up. Get them together. Have a little heart to heart. I was going to say, damn, that's that's the best false advertisement there is when you think about it. Because I mean, um, and I think of like, I may say her name wrong, Marseille Martin. And I just said, right. Okay. Like, I love her. She's a, she's a boss. Um, but how she said they did a episode in Blackish about her getting a perm, but to this day, she's never had a relaxer on her hair. So she had to really do a lot of like, oh, well, what does this look like? What does this feel like? And her mom was having to tell her like, oh, you know, walk her through that process. But it's like false advertisement. Like, I understand you're trying to include people, but include people that actually been through the process. Don't, <laughs> it's just false advertisement. And that pisses me off, but it goes back to society of what our parents grew up and what they thought was quote unquote pretty because what somebody else told them was pretty so they were unfortunately planting those seeds in us of like oh pretty is only straight hair you gotta be straight and very dainty and it has to be very pretty you can't go outside without a wig or makeup and lipstick you can't do this it's like you gonna get this natural human being in this natural way if you don't like this human being there's 7 billion of us on this planet find your circle leave me out and I'll be okay with life and with that ladies what's your favorite hairstyle like what y'all be rocking like what's your favorite I love when my hair is braided or twisted or passion twisted or something to that effect it's just I think it's so cute and I could put the little like clips in I could do like a bun or a half up half down situation like I just and I can add color without having to add color to my hair. You know what I'm saying? I love the versatility of it. I am getting better at doing it on my own, praise the Lord, because those 15-hour uh, braid sessions from back in the day, uh, we can't do that no more. I don't have the time. But I can, you know, watch a YouTube video and give me some hacks. 
So yeah, I've, I will braid my hair or twist it or something. That's my favorite. My absolute favorite is a good old Bantu knot. I love my Bantu knot. I don't know. I guess I just feel so confident and like I'm channeling my ancestors from the motherland and it's not damaging, but it does make a statement. Like you see a black woman rocking a Bantu knot set and not a Bantu knot out, but just knots in her hair. You like, oh, sis knows that she is not come here to play with y'all. Like there is a level of confidence and a level of being that that you are when you just go out in some Bantu knots. I love it. Can't wait for my hair to get long for that again. Mine is two. Mine is a mohawk. Like I love when my hair is in a mohawk and like, especially when I cold outside and I got my like biker boots on. Like I just love that style on me. And then the other one is honestly, my natural huge poof or puff it's like poofy puffy big lioness everywhere and free it does what it wants to do when it wants to do and it just goes so those are my two and to circle back real quick I love wearing all of my hair in a big old afro around white people especially racist white people just because I'm petty like that I absolutely love that ladies I could we could talk about black hair all day we already know this so what does your hair tell at this moment about you at this point in your life because you know as we go through our hair transitions with us um so what does your hair say at this moment And then to add on to that, what would you, if you could tell your younger self about your one thing about your hair, what would you tell your younger self? At this moment, my hair needs to be shampooed. In this bun, we need a cleansing day. No, right now in this moment, my hair is, it does so much and it's so versatile and it's beautiful and I freaking love it. It's a lot and it definitely takes a lot of care, but like, so do I as a person. Kind of reflects the same thing. What I would tell my younger self or anyone that's kind of going through the, how do I love my hair, take care of my hair transition or part of life is it's okay to be cautious. It's okay to question um, the principles or things that you may have grown up with that maybe don't sit right with you or maybe doesn't fit who you are in this moment. What I would definitely tell my younger self is it's okay to not fit into someone else's box. It's okay to define who you are in whatever moment you are currently in. And if you change your mind, that's fine too. So at this moment, my hair is saying that she is under construction and you all cannot be graced with her presence in public. Um, What I would tell my younger self is that, girl, your hair does grow long. You do actually have curls. They are more coily and tight than others might be. You just need better products and better technique. So once you find that, you will be straight, but your hair is enviable. They just don't know it yet. I love that for both of y'all. Um, What my hair for me is saying at this moment is freedom of that. It's free. It's okay. It's me. It's authentic. And then what I will tell my younger Nakai self about hair is one, like what y'all said, it's hair. Cut it, experiment. It'll grow back. But understand that everything we go through, to me, my little younger Nakai, everything we grow through, go through, the beauty of is that we can grow through it. And our hair is 
like our hair is that our hair has been with us since day one right so it's seen the good the bad the ugly the trials everything but it has been so resilient in everything so that's what I will tell my younger self and I love that the theme of it is that we're learning our self-love we're learning our self-belief we're learning our self-worth through our hair but also through our adulting journey and loving ourselves even more with that confidence to walk in our you know natural hair and our you know twist out or our twist and everything and with that a word from our sponsor hey beautifuls this message is brought to you by the grass is greener on the other side where we help women who have anger sadness and shame from being cheated on learn how to heal and take their power back so they can regain confidence restore their peace and attract the life of their dreams we can be found on ig at brianna underscore latrice that's spelled b-r-i-a-i-n-a underscore l-a-t-r-i-c-e and for all of the where's my blueprint podcast listeners we're offering free 15 minute discovery calls so if you're ready to regain and restore that self-love self-worth and self-belief back in yourself shoot me a dm for a free discovery call today because my motto is honey leave that cheater and find your peace if you're interested in joining my new course rejection is redirection using your past as a reference not a residence you can email me at a fair recovery coach at gmail.com or you can shoot me a dm at brianna underscore latrice see you on the call and so y'all we're going to transition into our segment of moments of melanation moments of melanation moments of melanation is where we highlight a black person doing their thing today for moments of melanation we are highlighting So for today's Moments of Melanation, because we've been talking about hair and I think about like, I don't know if y'all have ever been to like a cosmetology school to get your hair done um, because, you know, it's a little cheaper. When your parents don't really want to pay the full price or for me, yes, when I had to actually start paying for my own hair, I was like, this shit is expensive going to the beauty shop every two weeks. So I learned a little thing. Y'all, y'all can go to cosmetology schools and they will do your hair. And it's like basically one third of the price. But saying that, um, when I used to go, one thing that I uh, struggled with was finding someone that was black who knew how to do my hair. And luckily, um, one of my aunts started started to do started to get her cosmetology license so she was doing my hair and actually she was ending up teaching other races like whites and mexicans on my hair like how to handle it what you need to do why it does this and i was like oh yeah i I get you know my hair done free now at a cosmetology school because i'm again another student client but anyway um i thought this lady was cool so it's called the janus i mean john janus cosmetology academy with more than 17 years in the hair industry anita johnson is taking over beauty school as she's the owner the first black woman owned beauty academy in south jersey the more than six thousand square foot facility is space for both students and clients and johnson comes from a family that specializes in hair care 10 plus years after her mother founded the Jonas hair studio in 1994 she just assumed the responsibility of the salon in 2024 but i love this because the trend she began to notice with in the beauty and hair care world that inspired her interest to own a beauty academy was that employees hired her 
hired at her hair studio could not properly style and maintain any type of ethnic ethnic hair, like any, whether it was like Indian, Black, Latina, like any hair. So for her, she created this whole entire academy specifically on educating everyone of how to help and create not just healthy looking hair, but healthy hair that grows out of a healthy scalp. And I just love this and want to give her her kudos because I mean, we've all, as we just uh, said that we've all been at a cosmetology school and hell, we all been at a salon. If you haven't been in a, if you've been in a new place and they don't do ethnic hair, it's kind of hard to be like, okay, well, where do I go? What do I do? I love this because I too am a product of beauty school lessons and cosmetology school students. I've had many of them in the scalp uh, because yeah, it's a lot less expensive than going to so-and-so's beauty shop or so-and-so's hair studio at their house um, where you have to pay a deposit and already come washed. Anyways, I love this because I think it's so important to not only just have a place where hair health is a priority, but it teaches hair health and being able to take care of ethnic hair to any and every person that desires to have that as a career or be a stylist or some sort of um, cosmetology. Because how many times have we talked about even just on this very pod about um, models having to like do their own hair at a show because nobody can do it? You know what I'm saying? For whatever reason, all, all of the Black stylists that exist somehow don't get hired to work in these spaces. But of the people that do get hired, they're not qualified to take care of the very models that are also hired to work in said show. Like, I don't understand this. So I love the fact that there is a space where everyone that's interested in being a beautician or being a hairstylist or hairdresser or whatever term you want to call it can learn how to care for and maintain all types of hair, but especially ethnic hair, because that is so missed in so many of these bigger industries. So kudos to kudos to her, kudos to her academy all of the blessings, all of the success, all of the, the abundance and greatness that is going to come with it. And I hope that it affects and changes so many people's lives. I love this idea of a space for us to not only be able to get our hair done for the Lola, but also learn others to learn how to do our hair. In the Where's My Blueprint podcast, we would not be us if we not only called out and celebrated, but also called in people. My own only critique is that on this website, I see nobody with like what you would think of natural, tightly coiled hair. Everybody I see has some version of straight hair, like be it the ones on color, be it the models. The only little bit of kink I see is one of the stylists in the background. You can see she got a little texture of her hair. That would be my only calling in of this place. And maybe I'm just not looking at the right spot. But yeah, I would love to see somebody with kinky hair being showcased on here. Also, I would love to see the prices of the services, but I'm not going to go because I'm not in that area. It would just be good to 
get the prices online and not have to call in as well. No, I'm glad you said that because I think that's something that we need to actually understand is marketing, right? You need to understand your audience and who you're marketing to because like how you just picked that up. What if it was somebody else who was like, oh, I really want to go there. Oh, they say they do ethnic care. Oh, it only looks like weeds and something else. So what does that look like? You know, love y'all, just understand marketing and <laughs> we love, love, love you. So giving you your flowers, brum, 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 brum. keep doing your thing, keep educating, keep teaching, keep keeping our black hair healthy, not healthy looking like Sunny D said, but healthy. And with that, we are going to transition to our affirmation. And our affirmation for this episode is I am the definition of beauty standards. My creator did not make any mistakes sculpting me and empowering me to carry this black girl magic skin. My hair is a superpower. I love it. And it loves me. My long, short, 4C or braids, my hair is an extension of me. And with that, y'all, thank y'all for listening and chatting with us about hair. Please let us know in the comments, what's your favorite hairstyle? What do you do? Are you natural? Are you relaxed? Do you like uh, like Sunny D with the twist? Do you, Are you like Nay with the finger snap hair? Which, what are you? Talk to us. And with that, if y'all have any topics that y'all want us to discuss or talk about, let us know in the comments. You can DM us. You can email us. Go to the website and you can always leave a comment and we'll get all of that. And follow us on Amazon, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. And with that, check out the blog for nay faith and you never know she may have a story time with nay on there and with that we are gonna say we are over and out bye peace out